handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I'm your host, J.L. Covan. It is April 25th, 11... Well, I should start with the time. 11.46 a.m. Eastern, April 25th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. And uh, let's just get the big news out of the way. Yesterday, I turned 43 years old. That's right. I consider it one of the more useless ages because there's nothing sort of cool about 43. 43 was George W. Bush. I think the only athlete I can think of, of merit, that wore 43 was future or current. I don't know if he got in the Hall of Fame already or future Hall of Famer or current Hall of Famer, uh, Troy Palomalu of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But even having that number, I think, diminished his coolness. Um, And I can say this now that he's retired and I don't watch a lot of football. Ed Reed, better. So I'm tipping my cap to the Baltimore Ravens fans out there. Ed Reed, clearly the better safety. Though I believe they were both defensive players of the year. Um, but Troy Palomo had the big hair, which was great for branding. But he wore number 43, which is a terrible number. It's a prime number. Um, 44, I think, is just cooler. 42, I don't consider cool. But oddly enough, I like 41 a lot better than 43. So 43, I just think I don't know if I'll have a shittier age. Just in terms of lack of cool number. Um, 37 doesn't feel very cool. That's for sure. But, but 43 feels as lame as 37, but, but six years older. So, so age takes the tiebreaker for shittiness, but I had a very nice, relatively relaxing birthday as relaxed as I'm capable of. Um, I have, oh yeah, well off the bat, come on guys, indulge me for my birthday. Uh, some, a new show added to my schedule, but I'm posting, I'm going to post this Monday in the off chance that I have any listeners in upstate New York who might be willing to venture out on a Tuesday night. But um, I am at Buffalo Helium tomorrow night, or whenever you listen to this, Tuesday, February, uh, April, February, Tuesday, April 26th at uh, 8 p.m. So hopefully, hopefully it's not empty because um, it's an eight-hour train ride each way. 
Uh, so I'll get a lot of reading done, but it's costing me two vacation days um, and half my pay to travel on Amtrak to get to this gig. And of course, for the greater good, preparing for half blackface. So this isn't a complaint about the economics. This, this gig is not a gig I would have taken, but for I am 19 days from special taping uh, version two. Uh, so after that, uh, I am in D.C. this Friday, a city that usually comes out in strong support. So D.C. Friday, Culpeper, Virginia, Saturday. After that is the special taping uh, on May 14th. Uh, ticket sales are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fucking terrible. Uh, so uh, this is the time if you've been holding out or waiting to see if there's literally anything else to do May 14th before buying tickets, tea break. Then... I suggest uh, maybe you just bite the bullet and say, okay, fine, we'll go to jail's taping. If, if only to see him uh, flog himself on stage at the paltry audience. But um, yeah, uh, all ticket links for those are on my website. And then May 22nd, Sunday, May 22nd, I'm in, I'm in a theater in Sellersville, Pennsylvania, which is like two-thirds of the way between Philly and Allentown. So if you are a greater Philadelphia or greater Allentown resident who's been dying to see me, I am going to be part of a show at a theater. The more people that show up, the more my pay goes up. Uh, not that I do it for that. I do it for love of the craft. But uh, yeah, if, you're in, if you are somewhere around there, and by the way, all the info and ticket links are on my website, jlcomedy.com slash calendar, jlcovan.com slash calendar. Um, and then Boston. Uh, two shows at City Winery on July 15th. So if uh, any of those are anywhere close to you, uh, please get tickets, tell friends to get tickets, and uh, save me, please. Um, on top of that, what else do I have to report? Uh, I had a, I had a um, Friday night. No, when was my birthday? No, Saturday night. Saturday was a good day. Uh, I didn't even have to use my AK. But... Uh, Saturday started out, it wasn't my birthday, it was my birthday eve, and what did I do? I don't even think, did I work out? No, I didn't work out, but I, uh, I don't even remember what the first part of the day consisted of, but I went, oh yeah, I know what it was, my mom, I had dinner with the righteous, the righteous GF, the, the righteous mom, and uh, a cousin from Ireland, my mom's cousin. So whatever, whatever that makes me, second cousin, cousin once removed. But uh, my mom's cousin, Kieran, uh, and his wife were in town. So we all went uh, for a nice steak dinner, which doubled as a sort of birthday dinner for me. And then I raced to, Bro so I was feeling good about that. My mom was in a good mood. So apparently um, we've cracked the code after 78 years on my mom's mood. Two drinks and... A cousin from Ireland, and her mood is uh, much better. Though, I will tell you a hairy moment at dinner for me and the Righteous GF. And uh, I, I want to write this into a bit, but I'll share it with you now. Uh, my nephew um, has, uh, and I'm so, I, I won't put this in the special out of, you know, that my, my, I'm sure my brother and his family wouldn't appreciate it, so it's not going in, but it's very... Uh, it, it carries, a, it, it's very instructive uh, concerning my material. It's sort of a continuation. But let's just say it's 2022. 
My nephew is a, 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 a fairly accomplished soccer player in a blue state. And he has been on multiple teams, including his school team, where uh, racial slurs have been used. Uh, and uh, by, let's say, not members of that race. And we're not just talking offensive shit. I'm not, this is not just simply a joke I have in my half blackface set about like middle schoolers emulating uh, death row records rappers. This is like, I can say it. It's just a word. And then it, it's, it's, it's bad. It's, it's just, and you know me, I make excuses and apologies and for a lot of stuff, but unequivocal. The only thing saving is that these are 14 and 15 year olds and not 21 and 25 year olds. So I still place a good share of the blame on parents, but you know, by 15, you might be well on your way to becoming, you know, a Jersey scumbag. So the reason I say that is that my mom, we're sitting at the table at the steakhouse and she's telling her cousin and she's very disappointed about it. Um, she's going, yeah, these kids at this school um, have been using the words. And then she said the N word and she said the K word, the slur for Jewish people. But she said the full words. She went full Papa John on this one. Mama John. Maybe that's the title of the episode. Now, obviously, this is a case of <laughs> she is. Let's do context before we cancel the retired, uh, the retired 78 year old living by herself. But in context, she is describing racists using, well, uh, racist adjacent or racist teenagers using racial slurs about her black grandson, a fairly acceptable way maybe to use it. Um, and she didn't say it super loud, but she said it loud enough that I was like, please don't let anybody hear this. Um, because right now I'm carrying the melanin load for this table. Um, it's, basically the table is three super Irish people, one half Italian, half Irish person, and one half Irish, half Haitian person who looks, uh, depending on who you ask, Jewish or Italian. So this is maybe not the great, you know, there's going to be a lot of explanation. This is my joke about uh, if I ever use the N word, um, I could win a case in Cat Williams N word court. But why would I want to get, you know, attacked, beaten and yelled at before I make my case in court and go, oh, it turns out uh, he is he does have genetic rights to use that term. That's a joke there. But tea break. Uh, fortunately, nobody seemed to hear me and the, the RGF sort of had a, a silent. Uh oh. And then, uh, you know, 10 minutes later, uh, a black man sat down with his black son for a black steak dinner, <laughs> for a steak dinner, um, be right behind my mom. And I said, you know what? Sometimes the Lord is looking out for us. And like I said, it was just awkward. And it was one of those things where I'm sure if I'd said, Ma, don't say it, she'd go, oh, what? I'm not using the right context. Racists were saying it about my grandson. Why can't I just tell the story? And I'd be like, I get it, but we're in public, and why get into that? Why, why, why open up? But, but anyway, other than that, it was a delicious dinner. And then I raced to Brooklyn on the Q train um, to a show, uh, and it was magnificent. I had an absolutely blisteringly strong set, and it was so good because the crowd was loving it, and the comedians were fucking loving it. And that's that's kind of rare air where you're like. You're appealing to the cynical comedians and the, the hip Brooklyn crowd. 
but I was on fire and I can't wait. Like it, it just, Oh, and then, Oh, by the way, on the train ride to Brooklyn, I'm getting texts and updates on my phone. The jazz won game four of their series by one point. So it was just a, a, a steak dinner, a jazz playoff win and a killer fucking show. I'm feeling just unbelievably great. But then, um, then as the clock veered towards midnight and I was heading home, I joked on stage. I said, you know, yeah, this is how I'm celebrating the night before my birthday. Um, I think if I ever get married, my, 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 my best man will be my brother and my groomsman will be four podcasts. And I just looked at all the comics and I said, this is what you have to look forward to in this great business, everybody. But as I'm waiting for the train, I, uh, I ended up, I, I, have sort of a tradition with, with, with my friend, uh, that, you know, just sort of didn't, that sort of fell through. Uh, it was just, you know, we used to have a place that was a go-to and then now it's whatever, but that fell through. So I was waiting for the Q train, which was delayed. And as I get down to the Q train, I'm like, okay, um, I, I guess I'm heading home and I see that the train is delayed 30 minutes. Why do you ask? Because somebody, uh, had been pushed or jumped onto the track. So either a murder or a suicide. And I thought, um, well, that's kind of eroding my good vibes pretty harshly. And so I'm just standing there and it's, you know, you just sort of get some perspective and you, and once again, JL can't really stay. I don't really need help veering towards the negative, but after a night that was just sort of a pretty strong triumph of just mundane life, but a, a nice family steak dinner, a, a playoff win and a, and a, and a truly outstanding set that just, you know, recharged me, you know, the new material that's going on the special that's replaced, like just was fucking firing. And then I just think to myself, Oh, somewhere a few stops from here, someone ended potentially ended their life. And then I'm waiting for the train and I've obviously like got like a half hour to wait and I see a little cat and I don't know what all straight, yeah, like we have our animated film version of stray cats, which are like, you know, whiskers, a stra- awry and pat matted, like shitty fur and doing that the whole time. But I'm looking at this cat and uh, maybe it was racist because it was like two thirds white. And I was like, well, who gets rid of a white cat? And uh, it was just walking along the tracks. And I found myself on the verge of tears. I didn't. I'm a man. Toxic masculinity for the win. But I just, you know, I, th- I really, I mean, other than the crime and the adultery, man, do, do me and t- me, I, I sometimes think I'm like, what, why am I having, going through like Tony Sopranoism in my, in my early mid forties? But I just saw this cat on the tracks and I thought, this is life. You're, I had a nice steak dinner and the jazz one and I had a good set. But will the good of life ever outweigh the bad, like the equation, you know, in terms of I'm looking at this. So I have that night, but meanwhile, a few train stops away, somebody just ended theirs or had theirs ended. And now I see this little cat alone, maybe abandoned, maybe astray, but, but, but it didn't look, you know, the worst thing would obviously be if it was just lost or it had escaped from its bodega or home and was just like, I don't know where I'm going. But it was just sitting on the tracks. And I was like, I feel you, cat. Sometimes I want to sit on the train tracks too. But it was just looking around, 
and it like sat facing one of the train, like just still. And I didn't know if it was scared or just pondering things or plotting, you know, which rat it was going to rape and kill and eat. But I was just like, look at life. Look, and this is how the night ends after what felt like a great night. You know, I just, a suicide and a cat that appeared to be contemplating suicide. And then it just walked off and I said, well, I hope it, you know, maybe it's, maybe it is from a bodega. Maybe it just comes down to fucking smoke a cigarette and, you know, holler at some, some ladies and then go back to work. But it was just very, it was a very like, I just, I just thought to myself, I was like, Lord, I don't need help being bummed out. Can you just let me have my birthday Eve at peace? And then I went home and, uh, just went to sleep and didn't get a great night's sleep, but I wasn't hung over and I wasn't getting home at my planned time of 2 a.m. drunk. I got home at uh, 10, 10 to midnight sober. So that, you know, I got a good six and a half hours sleep and then woke up and it was my birthday. So it was time to go to mass. Then I went to Starbucks and had my complimentary treat, which, you know, usually I just go in there. I go, give me a cookie or a croissant or a yogurt and a green tea. But this time I said, give me a caramel, caramel, oh my God, guys, I almost said it. It's caramel. You fucking caramel people almost infected me. Caramel ribbon crunch, which is basically diabetes with a splash of coffee. And they did it up for me. I mean, it was spilling over the cup. And sometimes I'm like, you don't have to be so generous that it becomes like a, you know, like a, like a girthy caramel coffee dick is coming out during a hand job. Like I don't need all that all over my hand. It, it would, if you have to reduce my beverage by one ounce to just make sure it's not a, a, a slop fest, but I looked at things positively and said, you know what? They were probably just being generous because it was a birthday cash in. So I go for the expensive crafted diabetes drinks on my birthday tea break. But I, uh, after that, Went to my brother's for a little bit, hung out with my uh, my nephews and, and my sister-in-law and my brother briefly, and then went for a late lunch at a nice restaurant pub in uh, Montclair, New Jersey with The Righteous Girlfriend, made my way home, did a few comedy tasks, and uh, and then what did I watch? Oh, I watched a Cypress Hill documentary on Showtime, which, you know, I'm, I enjoy a decent share of Cypress Hills music, but I got to be honest, the documentary could have been 45 minutes. Like I like seeing that they're, you know, Afro Latinx pioneers in hip hop and very edgy and, and, um, and all that and listen to that early music. And then it was like 45 minutes of cannabis advocacy. I was like, yeah, don't care. No, no offense, but don't, don't care. So, uh, my one movie for the birthday was a sort of waste, but oh, well, that's what I watched. And then uh, I had a giant piece of delicious cake from Jencarelli's Bakery in Bloomfield. And uh, that's it. That was, uh, that was the birthday. Fairly uneventful, but I managed to kind of steer clear of being depressed. Um, and uh, that was it. It was very, you know, nothing, nothing too exciting. Um, so, speaking of exciting shit, though. This Thursday, and that is what I did. Oh, I, I didn't even include that because I... Th oh, that right. Friday night, I was extremely stressed <laughs> uh, because I worked right up until 5 o'clock, and then my crew arrived to film Joel Osteen's The Exorcist, 
it went really well, but it was uh, hectic and it was stressful. And um, I got a jar of pea soup blasted into my face for a scene and it got into the wig and the suit and all over the bed and the lampshade, but everything was cleaned up. And we, we, we filmed it, and I think it's going to be a very big success. And then, right, why did I forget what I did? I forgot what I did Saturday morning. I'm forgetting all the, all the hard, yeah, I've repressed all the comedy stories except for the really good one. And then on Saturday morning, I filmed the first episode of Mike Pence Gaming, uh, G-A-Y-M-I-N-G, uh, the video game uh, limited series that I'll be doing for the Patreon page featuring my Mike Pence impression. And he created his own player on MLB, the show, the PlayStation baseball game. And, uh, yeah, it was very funny. And I didn't even realize all the added features they'd done to create a player. So I was able to make like a 25 minute video of Mike Pence creating himself. Now, the reason I'm saying all this is, um, I was, I was stressed out of my mind. Um, because that's what this stuff does, because it's not just fun, unfortunately. It's like 60% fun and 40% I need this. This this is the new thing that I have to make my career off of. Because until I'm established where I want to be, everything it has costs and stakes. And uh, what I will say, though, is when this goes live on, on Thursday, and I hope you will go to my website, there'll be a tab, a Patreon tab at the top of the homepage, you know, wherever, like it says bio, calendar, all that stuff. Um, we've gone through this. I'm optimistic. People are expressing interest. Um, I'm probably going to switch my Twitter account to a business account if they allow me, if there's not some secret reason that they're labeling me like a MAGA secessionist or something this week. But um, to, you know, I have to start treating my Twitter account more like a business thing because it is my biggest platform. And by the way, I just posted a, an Elon Musk impression, my first attempt at Elon Musk. And the reviews are killer. So you can find that on my YouTube channel, uh, my Instagram, or on uh, on Twitter. Uh, so that's that feels good when you just, you know, the Cory Booker was was like the last two weeks, the Cory Booker became the, the, new, the new hot shit in these impression streets. And now the Elon Musk seems to really be, be doing, doing work. Uh, so that's, you know, that's things like that, little discoveries and little appreciations. Um, uh, cameo orders are coming in, which is nice. A Mother's Day is just a couple of weeks away, so get your orders in um, now. You won't be disappointed. Uh, just request whichever impression you want to wish your mom a happy Mother's Day. But uh, the Patreon stuff is really good, and it probably didn't need to be this good, but that's, that's what I do. I, I over-deliver and get underpaid. That's the J.L. Covan um, comedy motto. But, God, the book review stuff is really good. I've already got two episodes done, but, like, you'll get the first one. Like, on day one, you'll get the first one. You'll get Mike Pence Gaming. Um, will that be all that's up? What else is there? Yeah, and then uh, I will get a bonus. You know, then I'll start to – I'll get a bonus podcast up. You'll get early access in early May to the, you'll you'll see the Joel Osteen Exorcist sketch first before everybody else sees it on YouTube. You'll get like a week exclu exclusivity to see it first. Um, there'll be some kind of live event scheduled for May. I may poll early uh, members, but that's like under one of the tiers. Um, that it's a four dollar and a seven dollar option basically. So four bucks is if money's tight, but you want to support and want to watch the good shit. And seven bucks is basically if you want to pay what more what it's worth, like, you know, 
it's there's been real investment and effort into this. So seven dollars, I don't think is crazy. And the only added on, you know, so if you either want to support at a higher level or and or um, come to like the monthly attend or view the monthly live Zoom event, but uh, I'm very proud of it and I'm very happy with it, and uh, I'll be promoting that heavily on Thursday. And it's just a, it's 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 a lot. There's a, I mean. You know, I'm just, I'm doing this and then I got Making Podcasts Great Again tonight and then I got a live episode of Making Podcasts Great Again on Friday. Then from DC, I'll be doing a video for the Patreon of Making Podcasts Great Again, all while working a full day today. Then I have to take two days off for Buffalo, working full day Thursday, working a full day before 3 p.m. Uh, when I leave for DC. So, um, you know, I'm just hoping that, you know, the more stuff I can provide and give to people that is more me unless just Trump is obviously good. Um, the special is, is the nuclear bomb, though, the thing that will either end my career or, you know, shape, shape and alter the trajectory of my career. So that's, 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 that's the big thing on the horizon, obviously. But, but as far as the Patreon stuff, I wouldn't do it. Uh, you know, I hate, I hate charging people for lots of this stuff, which is why I wanted it to be really good. But, you know, every every month there's going to be a lot of a lot of stuff that, you know, costs me money. Um, so it's not this is not a hey, if you like me, get it like you're getting. Dare I say the best value on the Internet for this shit. So I hope you will check in Thursday on the website or, or on social media. Look for me. Find it. Subscribe. Uh, tweet about if you what you like, if you like it, recommend it, you know, all that good stuff. I do appreciate it um, for sure. But uh, trying to think what else. Oh, yeah. Rec recommendations, right? Recommendations time. Now, my next book review, which is, I guess, two, you know, the June book review, um, at least one of them. I'm, I'm some months I may do two, some months I may do one, but I'm, I'm, I'm sludging through this fantasy book. Um, which is not bad, but it's it really took my brain. I had to shift a little bit in terms of how I think to just start. It's not just fiction. It's not like, hey, this is a crime fiction. It's like fantasy fiction, which is not something I ever read. Um, and part of me is always wondering, like, is, is, uh, maybe I wouldn't have watched Game of Thrones if it was like this. It was this much of a like, what's going on? And who? But I'm starting to get the hang of it. And I just feel like maybe maybe this is just a theory, but I feel like reading fiction and fantasy stuff is probably good for the brain in terms of working different different muscles in the brain to like conjure up things that don't exist rather than like if you're reading you know a fiction about a police officer you can like process most of that based on your own memories or own real experiences or if you're reading nonfiction, even easier it's like oh well i know what harry truman looked like he's, he's pictures on the cover of the book but with this, it's really conjuring up lots of things, unfamiliar things. And I, I feel like that's probably got to be a good good muscle to keep active in the brain. So that's why I'm going to try and read a little more fiction than I usually do for the book reviews. But um, so far, this book, Red Wolf, Black Leopard, or Black Leopard, Red Wolf, I already forgot the title of it. But um, critically acclaimed fantasy book, the second installment was just released on hardcover uh, like a month or two ago. But uh, if you like, you know, African folk tales with female animals with huge dicks uh that talk i mean this this is this is it this is your this is your shit right here i'm just joking but that's all i'll say about it but a full review i'm only a third through the book it's a pretty thick book and it's not it's not quick it's not like a quick read 
because I'm trying to process a lot of stuff in it. Um, but I did watch a show last week that I had had taped since June and July of 2021 called Kevin Can Fuck Himself, I think is the title. It's on AMC. It stars the the sister from uh, uh, Schitt's Creek. Now, I've been very vocal about Schitt's Creek and how I think, uh, along with Ted Lasso, it's a pleasant, pleasant but overrated shows. Ted Lasso's growing on me a little bit because in season two, they focused much more. They had a lot more focus on who I consider the best character in the show. Um, well, my two favorite characters on the show are the reporter Trent Grimes. Grimes? Trent Grimes? I, I like his vibe. And... But number one is the, the angry, Roy Kent, the angry guy. Ha ha ha. I wonder why. But I felt like, and, and obviously the, the blonde, the, 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 the giant British Megyn Kelly woman is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is great and, and very attractive. So, um, and I like the little scampy chick also. Um, but but it's, it's, it, it, the second season sort of grew on me a little bit. And it's, for me, it's one of those shows, much like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's like the less you have of the main character, the more I like the show. So here, Andy Samberg is, is Ted Lasso in this analogy. But, um, but Schitt's Creek, I always just thought was like pleasant. And the, the best moments of the show were the non-funny moments, in my opinion. But I said, I heard good things, and the show sounds really interesting. Kevin can fuck himself. So I taped it. I just set the DVR to tape it, and I never got around to watching it. But I finally said, I'm going to watch it. And I really liked it. Um, it doesn't, you know, obviously the, the lead actress, uh, she has very strong calves and is cute without being sort of intimidatingly. So, so, you know, yeah, obviously in my head, I'm like, wow, what if we work together? What if we, what if one day we're both single and I just, uh, you know, hit it off with, with Schitt's Creek lady. And, uh, and, and, and I think if I say to her, like, she probably gets Schitt's Creek a billion times a week, but if I go, I love Kevin can fuck himself. She'll probably be like, oh, wow. That's like when somebody tells me an impression they like of mine that isn't Trump or that they love my stand-up or that they were fans of my stand-up before Trump. I'd be like, oh, wow, thanks. And, uh, you know, you get a little platonic erection from that kind of compliment. And I wonder if it would work the same on her. Not that I'd be running game. I'd be telling her the truth. But then what would probably happen is we'd be like, you know, photographed by the paparazzi and then all of a sudden some quote-unquote fan of mine would tweet at us and going I think it's so cool that you guys are such a cool couple even though JL said he hated Shit's Creek and then all of a sudden we'd be in like some big fight in a restaurant and TMZ would be like huge blow up between Shit's Creek cute calves girl and giant monster who's now canceled JL Covan and that's what my fans would do so it's better that me and Schitt's Creek Lady not even get involved because eventually one of my fans would fuck it up and they'd go, oh, I'm sorry. I was just, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. Like I didn't realize that saying that you hated her breakthrough work was going to fuck up everything. I'm sorry. Still a fan though. Still a fan. So unfortunately that just won't work out for us. But, um, but the show, which I would recommend, is very very interesting and creative. Basically, the idea, if you're not familiar, and I think it got renewed for a second and final season. So they gave it two seasons. And it's, but what I like about it is it's like, okay, so the movie, the show starts. She is the hapless, cute uh, sitcom wife, like three camera shoot sitcom wife of a, like, a bubbly, goofy, arrogant slob. Okay, like, and they're definitely going for like some kind of variation on Kevin James, 
Um, but it's set in Boston, which is also funny because it's like those accents are so fucking annoying and they're even more annoying and egregious in comedies because everything is like, what are you doing over there? Like everything's like super, super ham, hammy. But every time she leaves the presence of her husband, she's basically in a dreary single camera drama. So it's almost this like universe where when she's with her husband, she is so miserable because of the archetype we've set up in sitcoms that's so common of the um, the wife who's like a charming eight and a half with the guy who's like a three on all levels. And it's like the real life consequences of if you were actually the wife of this character, you would hate your life. And basically during the, sh the first season, she's plotting to kill her husband. And... It's re and the, the sitcom scenes are so sitcommy. The actors do not tip off that they're not in a sitcom, but they are. You start to almost resent and hate the sit like the three camera shoot sitcom format because it's so relentlessly jokey. Even though some of the stuff is really funny, it's so relentless that I think this is part of the intent. You start to like. What's the word? Not begrudge, but resent. You start to resent the sitcom life and format. And you're like, oh, God, the jokiness, the laugh track, it's excessive. So you're almost sympathizing. It's like forcing you to like appreciate how draining this life is on this character. Because then when she's out of character, she's in like some rundown. And the shooting, it's like all bright. It's like super bright when they're in the sitcom and then it's like dreary and dark when they're not, it's just, it's a very, very creative concept. Um, and I think, you know, the first season, um, I think executed it really, really, really well. And I really enjoyed it. So, um, I think you can watch it. Maybe you can watch it on demand, but I think AMC is trying to push their, like their streaming service, AMC plus, um, which I don't have to get because I taped it on my DVR and watched it. But I, I give a very strong thumbs up to Kevin can fuck himself or Kevin should fuck himself, whatever the title is. But uh, it's just obviously it's the you know bittersweet because me and Shit's Creek Cavs girl, uh, we're not going to make it, you know, because I already I'm just it's it's better to not even go down that road with her just to have a fan tweet at us, um, you know. Oh, that's so cool that you forgave him for shitting on Shit's Creek. LOL. And then all of a sudden she's storming out of the restaurant and TMZ is in my face and I like throw the cameraman out of the way and then they're like, "Wow, he's facing criminal charges and he's like he's like the male Amber Heard. That's so gross what JL did. And I for one love Shit's Creek. Hashtag I stand with Shit's Creek Cavs girl." Um so anyway, um, it's about chess people. It's about being nine moves ahead of your fans. Okay. And that's how you succeed in this business. Uh, so that's a recommendation, but the book's going slowly. Um, I will be the next book that I will read, which will be a, uh, hopefully a quick read, but a read I will try to read quickly will be the Jonathan Martin and Alex Burns book. This shall not pass because I'm going to the book party in May. How about that? So Hopefully I meet a bunch of New York Times and CNN and progressive liberal uh, famous people. 
Uh, so, and if I don't, so be it, but, uh, that should be, I think fun and cool. And I look a lot like my brother. So if there are like New York times people there, they're probably going to be like, wow, Henri got like tall. <laughs> so I think that's it. I get this. Yeah. I know this podcast was more of a, an update kind of show. Hopefully you still enjoyed it and found it informative, but I have to get back to work now, but um, yeah, my last podcast episode of, of April. Um, but I, you know, lots of big stuff. If you're, if you're around, if you can support it, if you have friends to share stuff with, whether it be the shows or recommending they join the Patreon, that kind of stuff. Um, but I think you're going to be really, really happy with, uh, the Patreon. And I really hope you are, because if you're not, then I won't be. And then it's going to end after a few months, but we're going to kick it off with Mike Pence gaming and a book review show. And then in May, you will get at least one bonus podcast, another book review, another episode of Mike Pence Gaming, a sneak, er, an exclusive early look at Joel Osteen's Exorcist reboot, and some kind of live event, which I will probably poll the Patreon people after a week or so and say, what would you prefer? What, you know, what day of the week and what would you prefer? Like a Mike Lindell Q&A, a JL Hangout Q&A, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, and hopefully I can broaden that in the future and have, you know, guests on. I'm, I'm going to be kind of copying my, my friend Pete Dominic's Hangouts a little bit because um, what he'll do is just sometimes have a Hangout with subscribers. He does it weekly, but he'll have a Hangout with subscribers and also then sometimes invite like a special guest. And he has access to like some serious people, including myself, by the way. So uh, I think that's it. Um, look at that. I don't think I sound, I don't sound depressing, right? The birthday high hasn't worn off yet. I'm doing laundry. I'm packing for Buffalo. I'm doing documents, document review work for my job. going to hit the gym. Then I do a podcast tonight. And then I watch the jazz play late. Of course, they're playing late when I have to wake up at 430 the next morning. And then it's off to New York Penn Station to go to Buffalo to perform for 19 people. And is it was it 75 degrees yesterday in Buffalo? Yes. Is it going to be 40 degrees when I'm in Buffalo? Yes. So the JL jinx, it does not stop. It does not rest. And uh, let's just hope some of these shows, if not all of them, uh, and the Patreon go well. So um, just as a reminder, if you're still listening, Tuesday night, Buffalo, Helium. Friday night, downtown DC. Uh, Saturday night, Culpeper, Virginia. May 14th, New York City, Triad Theater, 9.30 p.m. Get your tickets. Tell friends. Uh, that's the special taping. It's going to be It's gonna be magical. Um, it'll be frustrating to have to do it again, but I know it's going to be uh, – I am hoping it's even better than the first one because it's going to be tighter. It's going to include some newer, fresher material. Um, and then the album can be the kind of the first show, and the special will be the second show. So there will be reason to consume both for sure. Um, and then Sellersville, Pennsylvania at the Sellersville Theater, I think it's called, um, May 22nd, 8 p.m. That should be a really good show. So I know I have Philadelphia and Allentown area fans, so scoop up tickets to those. Uh, and then Boston, July 15th, and hopefully uh, I will fill in some gigs um, in between those dates. Um, but if I don't, uh, you'll just hear me bitch about it on this podcast. So Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, thank you for all the birthday wishes, except if you didn't wish me a happy birthday, and then I do not thank you. So back to day job work. Enjoy the podcast. I hope you did. Why am I telling you to enjoy the podcast when it's over? That's weird. That's called bad podcasting. But uh, I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>